good, isn't he? I'm glad you're here. Lord, we thank you for the offerings this morning. We just ask you to bless them. Lord, I speak blessings over all the seed that's been sown today. You multiply it back. Multiply it back a hundredfold, Lord. Lord, we'll use it in the kingdom. They will use it in the kingdom. Lord, we're about your kingdom. Jesus. We sang about him. We sang about his blood. Everything we need is in the person of Jesus, the living Christ. Lord, we thank you now, and I bless you and pray in your name. Amen. Tomorrow night there will be a meeting here. We allow the Osage Republican County meeting to have their meeting here. And uh, John O'Connor, who is uh, our state attorney, attorney general, and Wade Burleson, who's running for election, will both be speaking tomorrow night, if any of you are interested in hearing them. That'll be at 6.30. So there's a lot of things going on in our country we need to keep praying about. I'm going to read you an excerpt from a letter from uh, Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> our country is facing a great threat. A new enemy has emerged from the shadows that seek to destroy and intimidate their way to a transformed state and country that you and I would hardly recognize. The enemy is a radical, vigilant, woke mob that will steamroll anything and everything in their way. Their blatant attacks on the American way of life are clear and intensifying stock stifling public shame, rampant violence, perverted version of history, a group that will literally tear down monuments and buildings. Well, we know that, don't we? They tear down the American spirit itself. They go after the family unit, perennial rights, traditional moral values, the church and the fact-based education We've listened to them deny science and data to exert political theater, all the while trampling over personal liberties enshrined in the Constitution. We saw them take to the streets. Well, we know that. You know about the wake. Woke mob. And we've watched the big tech and all the things that uh, they want to do. I just decree the kingdom of God over our nation. I decree that the kingdom of God rests upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. The government's upon his shoulders. There's no end to the increase of his government or of peace. And Lord, we just decree your lordship. Thank you what you're doing in our nation, Lord. We just believe you. We just believe your kingdom. In Jesus' name. According to some of the latest government statistics, you're now having to spend uh, $346 more a month, thanks to Uncle Joe. George Sordis spent $40 million to help elect 75 progressive prosecutors. 
So you need to be ready to vote in a couple of weeks. And there's some handouts they're going to have after church to pass out if you're interested in those. And Well, we, we are interested because we are interested in our country. And we're interested in the kingdom of God. And America is God's idea. Well, I want to share some scripture. And uh, let's look at the book of uh, Malachi. Last book in the Old Testament. A lot of people call it malarkey, particularly because of chapter 3, verse 10, where it talks about bringing in all your tithes and offerings. You've already brought them in this morning. Lord, we just bless you. I want to start with verse 16 in chapter 3. It's an interesting passage to me. <clears throat> Then those who feared the Lord. Anybody here fear the Lord, reverence the Lord? Amen. Come on, give me some amens. They spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention. Listen, that says when you speak to one another, they have talked about some things in agreement, and it said, and the Lord, that's Yahweh, gave His attention and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written. He said, let's, let's write a book about these people. Was written before him for those who fear the Lord, who esteem his name. Is your name in that book? That's a good book to have your name in. Then he said, they will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I prepare my own possessions, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. You know, we're going to see more of a difference in that. You've uh, not been able to really tell a lot of difference in that in our country. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to see more of that. This uh, last year, 28 million Americans quit reading their Bible every day. I mean, there's some falling away. I mean, there's some separation going on. But the Word of God is eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal. And I just thank God for that. But Lord, thank you that you've got a book of remembrance with our names in it. Now I want to go to chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all that, and every evildoer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, here it is again, reverence my name. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings and you will go forth and skip like calves from a stall. Well, I haven't saw a lot of calves skip from stalls because I didn't keep many cattle up. But I've saw a lot of coats do that. I've saw a lot of horses do that. And 
That's what he said we need to do. We just need to show that the living God lives within us and he's able to handle whatever we face. You will tread down the wicked. There'll be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I'm preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of, law of Moses, my servant. <clears throat> Even the status and ordinance which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children. Now, isn't that great? And the hearts of the children to their fathers. And that's great. So that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Well, he said he was going to send Elijah, and we know he sent John the Baptist in that spirit. And there's, that is coming about. And I, I, I want to talk about that, of how families come together. Lord, heal families. Heal families. There's families that can't get together because of, I won't go there because Uncle so-and-so is going to be there. Or, and yet we claim to be Christian, and we're, we're dead to self, and we love everybody, but that family deal is just hard. Well, God's bigger than that, isn't he? I heard last week about Robert Hunt, who in 1606 came to America. Kind of the first. And they came to an area that's now uh, Jamesport, Virginia. Of course, it wasn't anything then. And the first thing he did was they erected a cross. He was a pastor from England, part of a group that was coming. The pilgrims really came after that. But the first thing they did was erected a cross in our land. And that cross still is real today. Maybe not that cross, but the cross. It needs to be real in our life. And they, they settled there and... He was buried there. They've even exhumed his, his bones and have decreed he was buried there. But let me tell you what's, that's great, but what's not great? Several years later, they welcomed a trade ship there. Slave ship, excuse me. See, the cross ought to make a difference that we change cultures. When we have a meeting, it changes us and we can all get happy. But if we don't go change the culture, the slave ships will come. That's the sad part about that. They established the cross. It probably wasn't his fault that it didn't remain. And they didn't get society changed. They were there to minister to the Indians to win them. But, uh, you know, we want to be in a culture-changing business. A revival or a meeting, if it changes us, it ought to change things around us. And there, that has happened in a few places. That has happened at times. But that's what we need in this country. It's not just revival. It's a reformation, a total change of coming back to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
I said this last week, and I, I, I know the Lord reminded me of it again this morning, just a bit ago. To be born again and to be saved will assure you to get to heaven. But will not, you'll not walk in victory in this life without making Jesus Christ Lord of all. You'll not experience what God has for you. The blessings, you'll not be an overcomer of just trying to make it on your own, of just saying, yeah, I'm saved when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. You've got to know God has got more for you than that. You're, the Word of God said, I have come to make you more than an overcomer. And He has made us, He has equipped us to be more overcomer than overcomers in this day and time. He's equipped you and I to live in this even with $5 gas. But we need to keep praying for our country. We need to keep asking God and bringing these things to change. But we need some changes in our society. And men, we've got a big part to play in that. Now, I want to read you uh, a few verses out of Psalm 78. We'll start with verse 1. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from our children. That's a very important verse. We'll not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children. You get that? that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they will arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God and keep His commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Well, we've let a lot of that get away. Now, let me tell you what that means. And men, it's on us. Yeah, I've, I've talked to people, you have... Uh, Oh, the little lady takes care of that. She goes to church. She takes. She's, we're raising our kids in church. Let me tell you, that means, Gerald, it's your part to teach your son. Serge, it's your part to teach your son. Man, it's your, yes, it's your part to teach your son. It's not just taking them to church. It's not just taking them to Sunday school. Richard, it's your job to teach your children. Kyle, you've got a new assignment. 
Teach your children. Men, we have passed it off. Boy, I'm not getting many amens on this. Is that not true? Amen. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Listen, the rocks will cry out if you don't. He's good. But we have passed off. We've wondered, God, where's the miracles? God's saying, where's the men teaching their kids? Come on. It's amen or oh me. And I don't care if they're grown. Listen, you've still got input into their lives or you should have. You can pray for them. You can go back to them. You can apologize for not. You can do whatever God tells you to do. You can still gather up your children and make a stand as a man of God. Somebody has got to make a stand in this country. And I bless God for you guys that are. And if you're not, if you're not teaching your children, oh no, I've got to go to work. What's more important? Your work. It's pretty obvious what's more important. I'm going to have to amen myself up here. Come on, men. Next Sunday's Father's Day. But every day we need to bless the Lord and we... We say, God, we, we take our stand. Lord, I present my body a living sacrifice. I'm here to do your will. He says, <clears throat> why don't you teach your kids? Isn't that a good start? Oh, I'll just... I, we had this happen in a church years ago. They had somebody to usher and help turn on the heat and air. And when something important comes along, I'll do it. Listen, if you'll not start where you're at, you'll never go where God wants you to get. There is no skipping second grade. <laughs> Baptism's first. But you don't get past just because you outgrow the seat with God. He, he'll always bring us back and have us take that test over. He's a good God. He is the, a loving Father. And He's got such a plan for you. He's got such a purpose. He loves you so much that He's not going to leave you alone if you belong to Him. You know what He's going to do? He's going to make you more like His Son. That's the old story of the man that found the big rock and he took it to the sculpture and said, can you make me a statue of a man out of this? And he said, certainly. He said, how will you do it? He said, I'll knock everything off this rock. doesn't look like a man. That's what God's about. That's what He's doing in our lives. That's those things Angie talked about. That's what she talked about this morning. God's always... You know what? He won't leave you alone. Isn't that good? Don't you love your kids that way? Janie can... My sister can tell you about how our daddy was. He could call attention, just snap his finger. And we'd just line up. But we have left out so many things. We just think it's our, our job to maybe just come to church. And I'm glad you're here. That's where we start. I've been just like you. I understand. 
I've, for years, I thought, you get saved, you just live your life. When you die, you go to heaven. I can still remember being an adult in church when a pastor said, Jesus wanted to be Lord. I thought, what will he come up with next? I'm sure that had been said, but I had never heard it. See, there is more to... It's like getting a, a baby born. we got some younger ones here today. These parents will attest there's still a process going on of getting them educated and raised up. And that's what... That's why we... And last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. We talked about the Holy Spirit. See, when we're, we're saved, we belong to God. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He lived within me, but He wasn't ruling my life. And that's where change happens when we just say, okay, let's, let's do whatever you want to do. When you bow to Him and say, when you realize how much you need Him every day, we take so many things for granted that God just does for us. You don't have to tell your heart to beat. Just thank God you can take a deep breath. There's people that can't. I went to a school reunion yesterday and one of the guys I graduated was there and he was having troubles. You know, we just... God has got you here for a purpose and it's all for good. It's all for good. Let's just bless the Lord. Let's just praise Him. See, we live in a day and time, David Barton said this on Flashpoint this week, that two out of three believers doesn't really believe there's moral truth. Four out of five millennials believe there's no moral truth. Let me tell you, this is the moral truth. It, from cover to cover, the old and the new still applies. You can ask Alan. He found out years ago he couldn't drive down Main Street as fast as he wanted to. <laughs> Listen, I've been slowed down a time or two also. You think those laws have passed away? You go murder somebody and see. I mean, the laws of God are all good. The law won't save you only Jesus can save you. Lord, you're just so good. I'm, let's go to Matthew 25. Verse 31. <clears throat> but when the Son of Man comes in His glory, now He is coming, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. You know, I got thinking about that. He's coming here. He's going to bring the throne with him. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on the right, the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Aren't you glad you helped the people around you? Aren't you glad you're letting the Spirit of God lead you and what to be involved in? Then he will also to say, those on the left depart from me. Accursed ones into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. Naked you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you. Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, that's Jesus talking about end times. That's going to be true. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But you know, isn't it great to be forgiven? Isn't it great to, to know that we've been washed with the blood? That if I've confessed my sin, there's no record of it in heaven anymore? Now I understand the devil will bring it up. And if you dwell on it, it'll take you down a road of depression. You've got to get where you can say, I know I have been forgiven by Jesus Christ and by his blood. I have, my sins are washed away. I can stand before God without guilt, fear, condemnation. If somebody brings up your sin, just say, you've been talking to the devil. There's no record of it in heaven. We want to be on the right with God. We want to know. He wrote our names in that book of remembrance. I promise you God loves you. I promise you he's got a good plan. And you know, we're kind of in a place in our country where we've said, Oh, God's got everything in control. Well, let me tell you, if he had everything under his control, I don't think we'd be in the mess we're in. But if you read Psalms 8, he said, I've left the earth to the sons of men. 
and we're to rule and reign, and he's put all things under our feet, and we've allowed some things to go on that shouldn't have went on. See, we've got to step up. It's our turn. But there is going to come a judgment like that that he's talked about. John 12, well, 1 and 2 talks about presenting your body a living sacrifice. It's easy to say, I present my body a living sacrifice. And verse 2 says, so my mind will be transformed by the renewing, I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Did I not say Romans? Excuse me, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Thank you. So I'll know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's easy, and, and we can get caught in it and just half-heartedly say, I know I need to do this. But when you think about that, where does that fit? In with the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We wonder why God's not doing for me what he said he would do. And he's just maybe reminding us of us taking our place and stepping into what he's called us to do. He's got more for us. That's why I said he won't leave you alone. He'll keep drawing you to him. He'll keep, he'll keep showing you things. I've told him when we allowed the Lord to fill our lives with his spirit, I said, I just moved down to the second row. It was easier to come to the front to repent than all the way from the back because he was continually just showing me things. And, you know, he'll show you things. And listen, you be led by his spirit, not by guilt or condemnation. He may tell you to do something that your best friend, it's okay for him to do, and he didn't think it's wrong. But God says for you, I want you to do this. He just leads us in different directions. But said, see, <clears throat> Romans 8.14 says, that the sons of God, there are those who are led by the Spirit of God. See, we've got to have the Spirit of God in us. We've got to be, in a, be able to communicate with Him some way to be led by His Spirit. He can still speak. He still speaks. And yet he doesn't have to tell you everything. Peter was in jail. Going to be executed the next day. The church was praying. You know the story. <clears throat> Prisoners on, uh, guards on each side chained to him. Guards outside the door. But an angel whoo, comes in. The chains fall off of him. <clears throat> you know what he told him to do? Put your coat and shoes on. I mean, you can do those things. He did what Peter couldn't do. And he let him out. And you know, he thought he was having a vision or a dream. The gates kept opening and all at once he's outside and the angel disappears and he realized it's real he goes to the people that are praying for him. They can't believe it's him. I mean, that's a rebuke to the church, isn't it? We've prayed for it, and yet surely God didn't do it. 
I, I know a group that had been in severe drought years ago. I know the story. And they called a church prayer meeting. Only one guy showed up with an umbrella. He said, the rest of you is not in faith. You're not believing this is really going to happen. But whatever you get, you get by faith in him. Asking him to fill you. Write your name in that book and say, God, here I am. I want, when my life's over, I want to have fulfilled what you have written for me in your book. See, he planned you before he made the earth. Ephesians, first chapter. He chose us and he said, they got to have a place to play. God wanted a family. That's why he created us. Now, I've already said my dad could snap his fingers and call attention. I was the oldest. She was the spoiled one. She was eight years younger. But dad could settle it. And yet, then you get in a church family, and there's some people that will just rub you the wrong way. Oh, surely it doesn't happen. It happens. We still make mistakes. We hurt people and don't intend to. But things happen in life. But he's more than a conqueror. We've got, we've got to, you know, it says to reckon that old nature dead. I've been to the funeral home. I've looked at a dead body. They don't say anything. You could tell them they're ugly or pretty. They won't debate it. He says, reckon that old nature dead. But boy, our old nature, nature can just pop up at some unusual times, can it? You get tired of apologizing and asking God to forgive you. Lord, you're a good God. I want to know the difference between what's good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. What about this? You know, in Israel and Jesus' time, that day and time, they were under Roman control. And a Roman soldier could be carrying his heavy pack and he could see an Israelite and he'd say, carry my bag. And you'd have to carry it for him for a mile. Legally, he couldn't make you go further than a mile. But Jesus said, you know, how to handle that. And instead of just carrying that a mile and cussing him under your breath or fussing about it, he said, at the end of that mile, just say, let me go another mile with you. And he said, if you go that other mile, you'll get over that. Listen, we're in a day and time where that's a test for us. But it's in the Word. Whosoever compels you to go a mile, go with him too. He wants us, there's some things we don't think we should have to put up with. Listen, he put up with me. He's a good God. Look at uh, Luke 24. This is where Jesus, after his resurrection, has appeared to the disciples. He showed them his hands. He's talked to them about his feet. 
And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you, have any, is there anything here to eat? I mean, now he took them back. He, he, he surprised them. He didn't think they'd, see there's a spiritual and there's a physical. And he, it's a spiritual moment, but he just takes them back and says, hey, by the way, I'm hungry. Anybody got something to eat? And they gave him a piece of fish. Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it before them. Now he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. In other words, before the cross. That all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. And Lord, I ask you to open our minds to understand more of your word today. To understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ and you see that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the perfect sacrifice, that he atoned for all your sins, if you accept him, if you repent, ask him to forgive you, he comes into your life. You are witnesses of these things. And he said, And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Well, we don't have to wait because the Holy Spirit has come. And then it said, I don't think I gave her all these verses. He led them out to Bethany, which was two miles. So they had a great time with the resurrected Lord. He had appeared to them there in Jerusalem. They walked out to Bethany. And he arises and is gone. He's still the King of Kings. He's still the Lord of Lords. He's still our King. He's still our God. Lord, we bless you today. What about going the second mile? What does the Lord Jesus expect from us? Maybe everything? Did he not purchase us with his blood? Didn't he not pay a great price for us? You decide. Is it a sin not to teach your children? If we're born again, His Spirit lives within us. The question is, who's in control? Whether I'm in control or allow Him to lead and control my life. To be filled with His, His Spirit, you must give Him that control so you can be led by His Spirit. Listen, there's ministry opportunities all around you. They're available. We have them here in our church. They're in our city. There's places to go. 
But you don't have to wait for a great moment. You just start where you're at and let Jesus be Jesus. Isn't he a good God? Is your name in that book of remembrance? Let's just stand up and worship him. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Come on. His name's Jesus. You need to get to know him now. You're not going to get to, you won't know him any better when you get to heaven than you know him here on earth. Lord, we're all in the process of getting to know you better. We welcome you. We welcome your spirit here today, Lord. Jesus. Who's in control? Men, are you taking your place? Are we allowing Jesus to be who he wants to be in and through us? I want you to leave here today knowing you're right with God. No guilt, fear, or condemnation. Just let him be Jesus in you, whatever he's doing. If you want to come to the altar and just worship the Lord, if you want to come pray, if you want someone to minister to you, the Spirit of God is here, but He'll not compel you. And yet, He draws you. He won't leave you alone until you yield to Him. Lord, we bless you. We exalt you today. Come on, let's praise Him today. There's your name in that book. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. Men, come take your places today. If you want someone to pray for you, listen, I understand that struggle. I've already told you what a process it was for me of unlearning some things and just letting Jesus be Jesus. Lord, I believe you're here to heal, to set free today. Lord, you're giving revelation and prophetic words to come forth today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. I bless you. His name's Jesus. Don't let the past control you. Look at the future in Jesus. Suddenly, Holy Spirit, thank you. Come on. This year is the Let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after you. Oh, He's coming after you. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. 
Wouldn't you do that for your children? I'm thankful he didn't leave me alone. He's still working on me. We've got it all together. Come pray for me. Whether I'm a prodigal or an elder brother, he loves me. He just wants to change us. Be like him. He'll save you if you've not been born again. Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Any other word this morning? I'm, I don't think we're finished. Lord's saying some things. I really felt like that we were supposed to, um, or if they want us to, but um, Surgeon, I'm sorry, I don't remember Jason. your name, Jason. I I don't know. It's just like I just really felt like we were supposed to just pray over you all. And I know you've already started your thing, but like just really cover you all. And um, I don't know. I if we could, if you'd be good with that. I don't know. I just I know you're already doing it, but I I just lift these two men up to you. They're starting a new work in Tulsa or broken broken air. I just lift up Jason and Serge to you, Lord, and I thank you for uh, what you're doing and uh, this new work. And we just want to cover them. Amen. It's important that to be right aligned, and I I just pray a covering for them and um, just bless them and just give them what they need as um, they go after this area. And, and Lord, just um, strategy and revelation for them in Jesus' name. Amen. What else? Amen. 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 Well, I pray they will. Amen. Amen. He's fishing. 
He's a missionary to SkyTook. Any other words? Wednesday night, Brother David will be teaching. Yeah, Dixie's got a handout here she wants to give. Uh, I need to give this to anybody that lives in Oklahoma that votes or prays. <laughs> because uh, I got to looking at this, it has some information for prayer over our school boards and the election process that they go through. And this has the ones that are running for state superintendent. And it's very important that our education system change. You know, what he talked about teaching the kids, it's very important um, vote this year. So if you'll hold up your hand, I'll get somebody to help me pass these out. Um, if you're a voter and live in Oklahoma, the ones that are running are listed on here. And I have a friend that scoped these out, and I mean, she knows what's going on. And she's got the goods on the four that are running. And she's also got some prayer. It's Nancy Huff. She lives in Tulsa. And she's been um, working on, in fact, she's written a book, um, Taking the Mountain of Education. And uh, she's gone to Washington, and she has spoken before the UN. So the, the lady knows what's going on in the country. And uh, it's, she's got these, and we saw her Friday night, and, we gave, and she gave me these. So I want to pass them out to someone that is going to vote and will pray. Okay. Any other words? Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. I speak blessings over the people. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you for being here today.